You're listening to the Power and Excellence podcast with Dr. John. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power and Excellence podcast with me, Dr. John McMahon. And today we're going to be answering some of the emails that you've sent in over the last couple of weeks. And if there's anything that you would like us to discuss on the podcast, you can email us podcast at powerandexcellence.com. You can send us a message on WhatsApp at plus four four seven eight six zero six two five 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 one. That's plus four four seven eight six zero six two five 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 one. Or email podcast at powerandexcellence.com. Power and Excellence with Dr. John. Alrighty, let's get this party started and we'll kick off with this one from Jennifer. Jennifer says, Dear John, I work for a company that sells B2B training uh, for anywhere between $10,000 and $175,000 depending on the number of participants. Wow, those are some nice big numbers. Um, all of our, Almost all of our communication happens by email and we recently lost a client after several months working with them. We were just about to send over the purchase order when at the very last minute they told us that they had decided not to work with us. And in fact, they were going to work with one of our competitors. This is very disappointing as we had put in a number of months working with this client to try and provide them exactly what they wanted. Um, okay, Jennifer, there's a number of things in this email that concern me somewhat. I mean, that's going to leave a mark. You know, if you spent a number of months working with this client, and these are big numbers, as I say, $175,000, that's a, that's a lot of change. But what concerns me most here is that you say in your email that almost all of your communications with your client take place by email. Now, don't get me wrong. Email is a wonderful, wonderful tool. It's very, very good. Uh, it allows us to be very comprehensive. It allows us to take our time and be deliberate and make sure that we are sharing the right information with our clients. Uh, it's very convenient in terms of time, right? We can we can send our email, we can write our email at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. It doesn't matter where the, the client is. They get it the next day. And even if they're in a different time zone at the other end of the world, it's fantastic, right? It's a very, very good and convenient tool for that. It allows us to leave... A digital paper trail, right? We can go back to the client and we can point out things to them in the in the email, let them know that we have answered their queries. But the big problem with email is that it's email, right? It doesn't allow us, or it's not that it doesn't allow us, but it makes it very difficult for us to build rapport with our clients. It's very difficult for us and for our client to get the mood, get the nuances, get those little accentuations that we make in speech, the, uh, the, the ability to read each other's mood and the ability to read uh, each other's desires, etc., that happen face-to-face. I struggled to find out how you really managed to elicit all of your clients' values by email. Because without that rapport... Right. Let's just be clear. Rapport is a, a form of relationship that allows us to have a very open, very clear communication with our clients and allows us to ask questions, sometimes maybe a little bit cheekily. Uh, it allows our, our clients to say things face to face that they might not necessarily be comfortable putting in an email. Right. 
rapport is wonderful for doing that. And rapport is very difficult to build by an email or even by a series of emails, even by months and months of emails, as you say here, Jennifer, you've been been dealing with these clients for months, and at the very last minute, they decided to go with somebody else. So that's the biggest concern for me in this, is that what what is missing here is a relationship. What is missing is rapport. I'm sorry, Jennifer, but it sounds to me as though you've been played a little bit on this. I suspect that your client... And and let's just be clear here, uh, unless you've actually done business with them before, unless you've actually had some money from them, they're not a client, right? They're a prospective client. Um, and you don't say in your email whether you've done business with them or not uh, in the past. But it sounds to me a little bit as though you have been played, i.e. this client has used you to leverage better prices from uh, somebody else, from one of your competitors. And that's why at the very last minute, it would appear that they have come back to you and said, no, actually, we don't want to work with you. We're going to work with this competitor. My suspicion is that they never really had any intention of working with you, that they have simply used you and your company and your pricing and your emails to leverage a better deal with somebody else. So the big learning here. I think, is whatever you do, try and as much as you possibly can to take those relationships out of email and into, at the very least, if you can't do face-to-face, then at the very least, let's get some Zoom calls or some Teams calls or some FaceTime. I mean, if nothing else good came out of the COVID pandemic, it is that, at the very least nowadays, we're all a lot more comfortable with Zoom calls and video calls, etc. So if we can't do face-to-face, Jennifer, at the very least, let's try and get them. Let's try and build that rapport. Let's build those relationships with our clients. Because then, and only then, will they feel comfortable sharing with us all of their values. And once we get their values, we can sell them what ever we like. So good luck with that. Let me know how you get on with that in the future. Thanks, Jennifer. Power and excellence with Dr. John. Okay, next up we have an email from George and George says, Dear John, I've been in sales now for about five years and I work for a company that provides us with very well qualified leads. Well, that's a luxury a lot of people don't have in this business, uh, George. So well done you. Uh, He says, I don't have any problem getting to know my clients. I build wonderful relationships with them, and I don't have any problem selling them the product. You don't say what the product is, but that's okay. Uh, You then go on to say, my problem, however, is that I find it very difficult to close. Hmm. Uh, Why is that, John? What am I doing wrong, and how can I get over this mental block? Uh, George, there's something in here that kind of puzzles me a wee bit. You say you don't have any problem selling the product, whatever that is. But then you say you have problems closing. So that suggests that when you sell, i.e. when you get the order, when you actually uh, get the, the signature on the piece of paper, that it's actually the client who's making that move. I might be wrong, but it sounds to me as though the client is actually in buying mode rather than you're in selling mode. So in my experience, there are only two reasons why people find it very difficult to close. Either they don't really believe in their product, i.e. they don't believe that the product that they have is the very best thing for their client. Uh, So that's one option. 
The other option is that you don't believe in yourself. And I don't know, just from this very short two-line email, it's very, very difficult for me to say which of those two it is. But by and large, those are the reasons why people find it difficult to close. You know, closing is easy if you know what the answer is going to be. But if you don't know what the answer is going to be, then that's what makes it difficult because you feel insecure, you feel a little bit vulnerable, you, you, know, you, you don't feel safe in asking the question. It's like asking somebody to marry you. People don't ask somebody to marry them if they think the answer is maybe going to be no. People ask somebody else to marry them when they are 99.9% certain that the answer is going to be yes. And closing a sale is exactly the same. So, if you are finding it difficult to close, George, or anybody else, then chances are that in the back of your mind or in the heart of your heart, you know that you haven't done everything you possibly can to make sure that your customer is ready to buy. So you have to take a little bit of a step back. Your homework, George, is to figure out which of these two it is. Is it that you are not convinced of yourself, your own ability, your own self-worth and your own ability as a salesperson, or is it that you just don't really believe that your client's best interest is in buying this product? Do you not believe in your product? Figure out which of those two is going on, George, and I think you'll be good to go. Reading between the lines here, George, and uh, <laughs> I've only got two lines to read between, but I wonder if you've really done everything you can to elicit your clients' values, to figure out if what you're selling is absolutely the right thing for them and meets all of their desires and all of their needs. Once you do that, once you know that, once you know that what you've got is the right thing for your client, asking them to sign the deal, closing the sale, is the easy bit because you already know the answer. You already know that what you've got is absolutely what they need. So, George, go away and figure that out. Is it that you don't believe in yourself? Is it that you don't believe in your product? Is it that you just haven't done enough value elicitation to make sure that your product is right for your client? Figure that out, Georgie boy, and you'll be good to go. You're listening to the Power and Excellence podcast with Dr. John. Remember, if you have anything that you would like us to discuss on this podcast, you can email us podcast at powerandexcellence.com, WhatsApp on plus four four seven eight six zero six two five 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 one. Please also remember to like, share and subscribe to the podcast. Power and Excellence. Well, we've talked uh, quite a bit today about value elicitation and understanding clients' needs. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast via the app, then on the app you will find additional resources on value elicitation, various techniques and tools that we can use to really understand our clients' needs. If you haven't done so already, you can download the app from your favorite app store. Just put in Power in Excellence and the app will come up. So download that and make full use of the additional resources that are there. And I wanted to just wrap up today by talking about uh, sales presentations because we've had quite a few emails about, uh, about this, people asking, how do you make that one killer sales presentation? And it ties into today's topic quite nicely because the reality, of course, is that I don't think there is a single presentation that you can ever do that is going to be that winner uh, recipe that speaks to everybody because 
in order for a sales presentation to be successful, in order for it to do what you want it to do, i.e. to sell, it has to speak to your client's needs. And so it's very unlikely that you're ever going to get a single presentation that is going to do that for every single client. Now, that's not to say that you can't have a skeleton presentation that you can then mold and shape and amend. Uh, of course, I think that's a great idea. But all too often what happens is that we create a, a nice slide deck. We go into PowerPoint or Keynote or whatever package we happen to use. We build some really beautiful looking slides. We rehearse them diligently. And then come hell or high water, we are going to deliver that to our potential client. And the reality is, of course, that unless it speaks to their individual needs, it might be interesting to them. But it's never going to be that killer presentation. By far and away, the most successful presentation is going to be one that happens after you have understood your client's values, after you've understood what their needs are. Then, and only then, can you make absolutely sure that what you've got is relevant to their needs. And you can include that in your presentation. You can personalize it. You can include their logo and so on and so forth. That makes it look and feel as though you've really done your homework and you're actually delivering something to your client that is quite bespoke and quite unique for them. And, you know, I've done this early on in my career. I worked for a company where we had this presentation that was actually uh, more like a movie. So you really had to rehearse it and you had to keep up with it because the slides were moving on like a movie and you had to be ready for that. So you had to be ready to talk about the next uh, slide or the next chapter that was coming up. And that slide pack or that, that movie was absolutely wonderful. It was so well done. It was like a Hollywood production. It had lots of special effects in there, some really amazing transitions and some wonderful pictures, of bells and whistles everywhere. But... It was about us. It was very inwardly focused to us, telling clients about us, how wonderful we were, how wonderful uh, things we had achieved in the past for different people. What it lacked, and it lacked very severely, was that it did not speak to those clients about their needs, because it couldn't. It was impossible, right? Because this was a set, it was almost like a commercial. It was a, a set movie that we had to go out and deliver to uh, different situations. It was then up to us to take that conversation forward and make it relevant to the client. But it would have been so much easier if the movie, the presentation that we had delivered to them, was also bespoke to them. So today has been all about value elicitation and building rapport and creating that relationship with your client that shows them and proves to them that they are important to you, that you are willing to take the time to understand what their needs are, what their values are, and to build that relationship. And I really can't emphasize just how important that is. I would say it is the single most important function of a salesperson to find out what their clients' needs are and to build that rapport. So download the app, have a look at the additional resources that are there, and if you have any additional questions, please drop us a line, podcast at powerandexcellence.com or WhatsApp plus four four seven eight six zero six two five 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 one. Thank you very much. That's it for me for today. So I will see you next time. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Power and Excellence Podcast with Dr. John. 